You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. We are about to break the surly bonds of gravity and punch the face of God. I wish I was a little bit Left taller. Jab Productions present Edge of Sports I'm Radio, I'm where sports and politics collide. And now your host, Dave Zarn. The Shmada Kid. Boom! Edge of Sports Radio, where sports and politics collide. I'm Dave Zarn. Dan Baker still on vacation, so we got Andy on the wheels mm-hmm. of steel. In mm-hmm. other words, the show is being run competently. Very mm-hmm. happy about that. Mm-hmm. And we got the coach, Kevin Nutt. How you doing, coach? My man. What's up? And either <laughs> Mean Mark Barry has undergone an insane transformation, or we have Noah Tilton in the chair. How you doing, Noah? I'm great. Yeah, you're on summer vacation. Yeah, it's awesome. It's got to feel good. All right, we got a hell of a show this week, <laughs> partly because this is the greatest sports week in the human history of humans because not only is Set Blatter at least announcing his resignation, mm-hmm. uh, the three-month death throes of Seth Blatter have begun, uh, <laughs> but also the NBA Finals start this week. And so we're going to talk to Sekou Smith about some of the you know, I, we used to call it "Am I crazy?" and mm-hmm. I would say things, mm-hmm. and then I thought that that wasn't right mm-hmm. when you think about mental health issues that people suffer from, and how the word "crazy." I know that's a little deep for early in the show, mm-hmm. and we like to mm-hmm. joke, mm-hmm. but I've now called it "What You Think," because I've got a lot of questions about these NBA Finals, mm-hmm. and I want to say to Seku, "What You Think?" Mm-hmm. And I'll tell you, at the top of that list is I don't see a path by which the Cavs can win this oh, series. Yeah, Cavs and six, baby, easy. That's the craziest thing I've ever heard. That, that's worse than your, what was it, your Pelicans in the no, NBA Finals? Uh, no, no, it was Charlotte. Charlotte, yeah. Oh, dear God, even worse than the Pellies. Um, but we're not only going to talk about that. We're going to talk some set bladder, the three of us. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are also, uh, I want to speak about Caitlyn Jenner, which I have spoken about um, now on ESPN a couple of times. And I just actually, what I want to talk about is the experience of speaking about Caitlyn Jenner, formerly known as Bruce Jenner, 1976 Olympic gold medalist and the future recipient of the SB Arthur Ashe Courage Award, which is 
opened up a very interesting can of worms in the sports world, which I want to discuss. Yeah, you got that right. Very interesting. And I am got a lot of respect for the courage of Caitlyn Jenner. We'll, we'll talk about this. Well, you know what? First thing we got to do is, first of all, Coach, when I talk about that, you're going to have to actually listen to what I have to say. Yeah, I got you. You have to listen to me. <laughs> Try to open up that closed mind of yours. Why you single me out? What I don't know. Because cool. I can see your face. But first, you know what we got to do? We got to go to break. Edge of Sports Radio with Dave Zirin. We'll return after this. Dave Zirin returns on Edge of Sports Radio, where sports and politics collide. Boom, we're back here on Edge of Sports Radio. We're joined by the coach, Kevin Nutt. How you doing, coach? My man. And how you doing? Me, Mark Barry, but you're not me, Mark. What's your name? <laughs> Noah Tilton. How you doing, Noah? Good. Uh, I mean, my goodness. Look, last month on the cover of The Economist was Seth Blatter, the grand poobah of FIFA. The grand poobah. And it was talking about how he was the most powerful man in sports about how foreign leaders came to him on their knees and about how he was basically like Kingpin in the Daredevil series. <laughs> He's just the man sitting astride sports like a colossus. And now just a few short weeks later, he is done. Mm-hmm. He is resigned three days after winning re-election. Mm-hmm. He done. Mm-hmm. He's announced that he's leaving. I mean, Gone. this is unbelievable. And I want to speak about some of my thoughts about how this happened and why it happened. But people may not know this, but Andy, who's filling in for Dan Baker on the Wheels of Steel here, Andy works at the SiriusXM Soccer Channel. And I did want to ask you, Andy, what, what's it been like um, at, 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 at XM Soccer Inc.? It, it, it's been a whirlwind, just an absolute whirlwind. And it, it's it's been it's been weird because... When he came out Friday after he won the election, he was so defiant, mm-hmm. and you just thought, okay, this is another set black. Smug, yeah, even. yeah, mm-hmm. a little bit. And then, mm-hmm. not even a week later, he steps down. Mm. It's it's just been crazy. But no one's really been surprised of any of this because there's always been speculation of so much corruption. It might be one of the worst organizations out there is FIFA, so nobody's really surprised by any of this. But I think the timing of him stepping down was a little surprising. I think that's what everybody's talking about is that everyone has been saying that this corruption has existed, that FIFA has been this just open sewer, and yet it took the United States Justice Department to actually show up with some teeth and bring him down. And a weird thing has sort of happened online where people are saying that the United States must be part of some kind of conspiracy to take Set Blatter down, and it's some kind of conspiracy to uh, put Western Europe in charge of international soccer, and Set Blatter was taken down because he'd enjoyed the support of Africa and Asia, and trying to turn it into sort of like this Cold War dynamic, where you have one group of the world on one side and other on the other, And because the other is powerful, the USA and Western Europe, they took out this leader who was a representative of Africa and Asia. And I want to say just real quick, like, what hogwash that is. And I want to say a little bit why that's such hogwash. Because while it's based on on a truth, like as most big lies are, there is like a basic truth at the start of it. And that basic truth at the start is that bladder support does come from the African and Asian continents, Mm -hmm. but also South America and the North American islands, by the way, and that the most staunch opponents of Blatter's leadership 
come from UEFA, that's the European Soccer Federation, and the United States. And UEFA was talking about boycotting the 2018 World Cup. Uh, there were all kinds of threats going on about uh, oh my, about not participating in the 2022 World Cup, not just because of Qatar and its human rights abuses, but also because it would happen in the fall and intersect with the European soccer season. So all of those tensions are real. But there are two parts about it that are really a whole crock of crap that I need to say. First of all, Seth Blatter is no, like, he's not Che Guevara, okay? Mm -hmm. He's not like this figure of anti-imperial movementism. And it it bothers me so much to hear him described as almost like this pro-African force. Mm -hmm. Because he has said a couple reasons why. One, he has said so many racist things over the years. And like his litany of racism, his his lack of enforcement of racism when players of African descent are subjected to it, particularly in European soccer, are ridiculous. And he has overseen an era in global soccer where the best players from Africa play in Europe and leave their countries to do so, which harms the development of soccer in these countries. Mm-hmm. And so so it's it's hard to see what makes him so great for the African nations, except for the fact that he has been willing to both bribe and influence the leaders of the individual soccer federations in these countries. So he's created this system of graft throughout the African continent to build a political base of power for himself. And this system of graft, one of the things it's done is it's actually diverted funds away from the poorest people on the Mm. African continent. Mm. And I can tell you, like, when I was in South Africa, for example, that's one Mm -hmm. of the the, the centers Mm -hmm. of this corruption scandal has been this $10 million bribe that facilitated the World Cup being in South Africa. I was in South Africa uh, before that World Cup, and so many people were furious with FIFA in South Africa. Because of the displacement, because of the debt, because of all the militarization, because of the destruction of the informal economy, Sepp Blatter did those things. He facilitated that. And so when people say Africa supports Sepp Blatter, they're not talking about the African people. They're talking about these federations. Mm-hmm. And that really bothers mm-hmm. me. That really bothers me because it doesn't take into account the amount of harm that Sepp Blatter has done in the developing world, which has been plentiful. Now, as for the United States, look, the United States doesn't do something for nothing. I don't think they went after Sepp Blatter out of some kind of altruistic motive. I don't think they're doing this because they believe in global peace, or as Loretta Lynch, the attorney general, said, they're doing it for the children or what have you. She did say that. that they're doing. Anytime someone says they're doing it for the children, <laughs> check your wallet. <laughs> what, what, right what, there, brother. Yeah, but what <laughs> bothers me so much is that people aren't just seeing that sometimes the most obvious answer is the answer. It's like the United States did this because they had somebody in this country, Chuck Blazer, uh, former head of uh, the North American Soccer Federation, former co-head of it, assistant, one of the former assistants of FIFA. He hadn't paid taxes in years. He had so much money being slushed in, his own cat had an apartment in Trump Tower. You, you didn't hear that, Coach? No. 
Yeah, his cat had an apartment in Trump Tower. Oh, my goodness. His cat. <laughs> I, I, th- I thought you were saying cat as, you know. No, like this cat. cat. Yeah. No, nah, this cool cat. No, no, no. His <laughs> kitty cat. you talking about the cat. animal. <laughs> yeah. Okay, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, no, no. <laughs> That's who this dude was, and he didn't pay taxes, and they got him to wear a wire, and the United States wanted to get paid. We're talking like hundreds of millions of dollars that went untaxed that ran through the United States. I mean, that's how they got Al Capone. Mm-hmm. They wanted to pay, they wanted their taxes. They went in there and they organized this sting, and they're going for that justice. We'll see what the fallout is. I have no doubt that the United States and Western Europe is going to try to initiate a process that gives them as much power as possible mm-hmm. when this is all said and done. Of course. But the latest revelations, which are so interesting, is oh. that bribes— um, didn't only go into the 2018-2022 World Cup, Russia and Qatar, and didn't only go into the 2010 World Cup, South Africa, but went into the 1998 World Cup, which, of course, ended up in France. And so this idea that Western Europe is this island of purity in the FIFA universe is just is utter hogwash. Mm-hmm. And it exposes that. to be Like, the whole system is so rotten. And it's not going to matter who takes Sepp Blatter's place. I mean, they're talking about, like, Mitt Romney or Kofi Annan. Seriously, those are some of the names that have come up. Like, they need this sort of, like, grand figure to head it up. But that's not going to do it at all. What's going to do it is if you finally separate. you got to break up FIFA. you got to break it up as if it was one of the big old banks. Mm. And you got to get a section of FIFA that's in charge of development and selling the sport and all the rest of it. And then you got to get a section of FIFA that's in charge of making sure that first section isn't robbing everybody blind. <laughs> and that's what they haven't, they don't want to do. I shouldn't say they haven't figured it out, because of course they know this. That's what they don't want to do, and that's what they don't want to see enforced upon them. But that's the only thing that's going to lead to change, this transparency. I mean, Coach, you have any hopes for change in FIFA? I'm listening to you, brother. You are, you're the guru on this thing. I'm you don't sound the, optimistic at all. No, I mean, I'm not <laughs> optimistic without like a serious upsurge of, of the rank and file in FIFA. And I'm not sure where that's going to come from, but we'll see. Mm-hmm. I'm not unhopeful, and I'm glad Bladder's gone. Yes. Hey, this is Edge of Sports Radio. We got to go. We'll be back right after this. One, two, Don't one, two, move. Three, Dave Zirin will be right back with more Edge of Sports Radio. Dave Zirin returns on Edge of Sports Radio, where sports and politics collide. Boom, we're back here on Edge of Sports Radio, joined by the coach, Kevin Nutt. How you doing, coach? My man. And uh, me, Mark Barry. <clears throat> me, Mark, coming up the steps as we speak. Uh, Noah went to get him. God bless him. We have on the line. Could not think of a better day to have him on his name from the NBA.com, Sekou Smith. Sekou, how you doing, sir? I'm doing good, Dave. What's happening? Oh, man. First and foremost, Sekou, I got, is the NBA season still going on? I'm a little confused. <laughs> like, it, it is still happening? Yeah, they're going to they're gonna kick it back off tonight just for you. Oh, just for me. Good. There is going to be a finals this year. I, I was getting a little bit confused. Yeah, how long was the break? Nine days? 90 days? Oh, I don't know. ridiculous, yeah. man. I mean, just wanna, we wonder what your, what your appetite for some more. That's all. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they, they almost wet my appetite for the draft and for next season is what they did. It just got me beyond it. All right, Sekou, this is like the, the only question I really, really want and need to ask you. Um, I just want you to just tell me if I'm – just say if I'm wrong. We used to say, am I crazy? I heard from the the, the mental health community asked me to not say that, so I am just going to say, am I wrong? Sekou, help me out here, man. I, am I wrong? I do not see – 
a conceivable path that the Cleveland Cavaliers can beat this Warriors team. I cannot envision a scenario other than LeBron going 40-15-15 and 15 for seven games. I can't see it. I can't see a scenario. You're wrong. Please, That's no. Sekou. Sekou, please just yeah, tell me. Is there a scenario? Is there a, a scenario that the Cavs can win this? He's thing? a nut. Absolutely, man. <laughs> Thank you. Look, we've gotten to this point <laughs> because these two teams are playing the best basketball in the league right now. The Cavs have, you know, while the the path to get here hasn't been nearly as rugged in the Eastern Conference, you know, they they still go into the series with the best players in the game, you know, and LeBron James and. As long as he's playing healthy, they got a shot. You know, I'm not saying I'm not predicting the upset, but I'm saying they got a shot. They got a shot. They got a chance. All right. Well, then, then tell me the story as if it's three weeks from now and the Cavs have won this. So you're telling me the story. What happened in this series that allowed the Cavs to win? Well, what exactly what happened would be the Golden State Warriors doing what every other team that's played Cleveland has done throughout this playoffs, and that's abandoning you know, how they play and trying to match Cleveland and LeBron shot for shot, big play for big play. If you if you go away from what you do best and play their game, you get beat. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Chicago did it. You know, and, and that's not how they were built. They weren't a team that was built to match shot for shot. They got beat. Atlanta did it, got beat. And, and, you know, and if Golden State falls into that trap, which I don't think they will, I think Steve Kerr knows better, and they'll have learned from the mistakes these other teams made. You know, and you play LeBron honest. You make him do what San Antonio made him do the last couple of years. You make him become a player who has to take shots and not be a guy who's attacking you and then watching you cheat off his shooters and kick you. You know, kick kick the ball out for those guys to beat you. And then, you know, and if you let. J.R. Smith and Amon Shumpert and those guys reaching in. You deserve to lose. Yeah, shame on you. Um, I I can see a world very clearly where LeBron has an incredible final series and the Cavs still lose. Can you envision a series where Steph Curry plays well and the Warriors still lose? I cannot because I think those two things have been so tied together uh, throughout the course of what is a magical season for for people here in the Bay Area, of course, and certainly with the Warriors, sometimes you're you are the fabric of your team. You know, like LeBron is, like literally, he shows up, the coach changes, guys who had previously played one way or been one thing, magically get transformed into something else by playing with him. Whereas Steph is, he's the key that turns this wheel. You know, in order for that thing to roll, he's rocking and rolling at a high level. I, I don't, I don't envision any way that he doesn't stamp this series, uh, you know, in this postseason with, a re, you know, an absolutely resounding performance throughout the course of these finals. Honest question. If I'm the coach of the Cavs instead of David Blatt, are they still in the finals? <laughs> <laughs> Man, I, I've Honest question. And, take more heat. I mean, I feel bad for David Blatt. He, I do, he too. Is, Catching punches from all directions. Look, man. Including mine. It's, it's not like <laughs> the guy doesn't doesn't know the game of basketball. Let's not right. be, you know. Has he had some hiccups? Yeah. But, you know, no more than any other, you know, first-year coach in the NBA. Yep. I mean, so he's a rookie coach in this league. And, and that's not a, a knock. That's just a fact. He's, mm-hmm. You know, he's going to have some hiccups here and there. What, what you got to do if you're David Black, though, is – Get out of the way long enough and let 
the guys who normally win these series, like players win these series. Mm-hmm. You know, no, you don't get to the finals. Some coach outfoxing another coach. I mean, mm-hmm. that's a joke. Like, um, like, you, but Steve Kerr, players, Steve Kerr has certainly, you know, made mistakes, like you said, like all first-year coaches. But there are these definitive things we can look at that Steve Kerr has done that's different than Mark Jackson that we're like, okay, that move has helped the Warriors. Can you point to one thing that you can say that has David Blatt's fingerprints on it and that's helped this team? Yeah, that's him opening the door and getting out of the way. Mm. Let LeBron do his thing. and that, there's no, I don't have a problem with that. He'd have been an idiot to not get out of the way and let LeBron do what he does best. I mean, that, that's the best coaching move he's done is not try to over, you know, overstate his importance. Mm. Like, get out of the way. Let a transcendent player change the culture of your organization and, and mm. transform some of the other guys without your ego getting involved, without your need to validate who and what you are be a part of the process. That's that's just smart. You know, and I think Steve Kerr has done a lot of that himself. You know, he's done a, a very nice job of not trying to make it about Steve Kerr. You know, secure secure coaches do that. Yes. Insecure right. guys come in and make it about them. Right. And, and I want to jump on that. That is so important that a coach can mess it up. And he got out of the way. He When they talk about LeBron coaching, he didn't say anything. He didn't jump at that. He just let it die out, let the media have fun with it. And understand this, that roster changed significantly from what it was early uh, early season. What was the uh, oh, the guy who tore up his Achilles heel? Marion was yeah, supposed to no be question. a force. And all this can't. Then they gone. They make the trade. Mazdoff comes. Um uh, Jr. comes and uh, Shumpert yeah, comes, yeah, so that's I mean, a whole different dynamic, totally different. a whole different, you know. And again, LeBron is the man, and he and the best on the planet, and they let him do his thing. But still, that's a that was a midseason adjustment, and he and he made it smoothly, and they went on after LeBron came back, and they had the the best run outside of the um, uh, the Warriors in terms of the best record. So he's done a remarkable job, and and he's getting hit unfairly, you know, by Whatever. people like Dave. And then and then the other thing. <laughs> I, I, I give you what now everybody's jumping on the the, the the timeout that he tried to call and that Taran Lou pulled him away. Okay, but Kerr made a huge one that helps me make my prediction for Cleveland. This thing in the last game against Houston, uh, I know you know I'm talking about Seku. Thompson had three fouls at the half. Came back in the fourth quarter, a uh, third quarter, got his fourth and got his fifth before Kerr can get him out the game. And yeah. to me, that that said a lot of things. And I get out on this. They have nobody that has any experience at all at this level. Not even in the NCA. Uh, um, I don't know if uh, Aguadala and maybe um, Michigan State guy is the only one who went Draymond to a Final Green. Four. Draymond Green. But outside of yeah. that, they have no experience. LeBron's been, he's the best player, and he has the most experience in terms of finals. Uh, he also has Marion on the bench, as well as um, Miller and Jones. So I think they can they can help settle that team down. You forgetting Kendrick Perkins, Brendan Haywood, and I'm not. Oh okay, yeah, P- Perkins. Yeah. I mean they've got yeah. a guy. They've got a group of guys who have played on this stage before. So right. they, if nothing else, their younger guys can can get counsel yes. from the, you know from these vets. Thank but you. I'm, I'm serious when I say this, and I don't mean to diminish the role of coaches in getting here. I'm saying don't assume that some coach is going to put a team over the top now that you're here. We watched Phil Jackson, you know, Lakers team melt down against Dallas in the playoff the year they were swept and, and Phil's, you know, time with the Lakers ended. And he could do nothing to stop it. You know, as great a coach as he is, as many rings as he has, there wasn't a thing he could do. I mean, literally, Dirk, Sean Marion, Justin Terry and those guys, they were on a mission. 
they ran through Buzzsaw, you know, J.J. Barea, Buzzsaw, the Lakers. Mm-hmm. Nothing Phil Jackson mm-hmm. about. This is a player's league. It's their time. When you get to the finals, it will be determined by the guys on the court, whether they're making shots or not. They've had all the studying, all the time to evaluate what they do, what the other team does. Now it's 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 just straight-up park basketball in terms of, are you going to go out there and make shots or not? If you don't make shots, you go home. Make shots, you win the championship, period. Unless David Blatt tries to call a timeout See, when they have goes. none. There you go. Because, uh, come <laughs> on, if he, if he had done that, we would right now, Blatt would be a verb like, hey, man, don't Blatt this game. <laughs> like, if that had been seen, that's what, like, oh, I can't believe Sekou Blatted that column. He's usually my favorite writer. That's what it would be like. Um, last question. Go out on this, please, Sekou. Give me, it's a double thing. One, please throw down a prediction and give me who you think the breakout star of this finals is going to be? Someone maybe we're not quite looking at as hard as we should, whose name is not Steph or LeBron. Well, I mean, I, I've been saying Warriors and Six for a long time now. Um, and, I, you know, I probably should say Warriors and Five because I think it'll be tougher wow. for them to win in Six. Oh, you know, they have to finish them off in Cleveland. In Cleveland, yeah. I would imagine it's going to be an, an unbelievably tough task. But God hates Cleveland. Um, the guy who I think ends up sticking out in this series in terms of his impact, uh, and I know it sounds weird, is Sean Livingston. Wow. I think he's a crucial. I'd love that. Oh, I'll tell you why I think that. I think he's a crucial game changer off that bench. The Warriors are, are matching up, you know, with Cleveland's second group. Livingston, Livingston is the, the one guy you don't have a really good match for. And I don't mean he's going to come down and shoot it all night long and try and score it. But he he can play any you number know, like these three different positions, and he's going to be a mismatch of probably all three of them, at wow. point guard, shooting guard, or small forward. And if you get quality minutes out of him and Andre Iguodala and that second group, it it to me emphasizes the depth and balance the mm-hmm. Warriors have, which has been their advantage all season long. Um, and I think if they continue to do that in this finals, that's that's going to be what pushes them over the top. Whew. Sekou Smith, NBA Hangtime. Thank you so much for joining us, sir. And get some rest, my friend. No doubt. Thanks, guys. Ah, Sekou Smith. Wow. So glad he got up with us on the West Coast. We got to go. We'll be back right after this. Edge of Sports Radio with Dave Zirin. We'll return after this. You're listening to Edge of Sports Radio with Dave Zirin. Boom, we're back here on Edge of Sports Radio, joined by the coach, Kevin Nutt. How you doing, coach? Oh, man. Let's do this thing. Let's do this thing. And how you doing, Noah? You all right? Glad to be here. Yeah, I'm glad to have you here, man. I'm glad you're on summer break. Uh, look, I got to talk about Caitlyn Jenner because uh, formerly known as Bruce Jenner, uh, she literally broke the internet earlier this week with the photographs that went up on Vanity Fair. And I just wanted to give... Uh, my own support for what Caitlyn Jenner is doing and why she's doing it, not because I have any vested interest in Caitlyn Jenner, but because, and we've talked about this on the show before, because two reasons. One, to be transgender in the United States, to be somebody who is born one sex, but you're another one in your brain, you're a different gender in your brain, and to go through this is a very isolating, insanely difficult experience. I mean, the suicide rates for transgender teens is 42% of attempted suicide. 
42%. I mean, the typical suicide rate among teens is tragic enough, 5%. Gay and lesbian teens, it's like 15%. Transgender teens, 42%. I mean, that's epidemic levels. The second issue is there is an epidemic of violence against particularly black transgender women. That is in city after city after city. The rates of violence, the rates of rape are astronomical. And largely this is because people who are transgender are seen as targets, are seen as less than human, and are seen as people who are worthy of assault. And the hope is that the emergence, the arrival of Caitlyn Jenner, will, if nothing else, raise awareness that these are human beings we're talking about and that they deserve more than to just be targets of violence. That's the first thing. The second thing is the sports world itself. The sports world is really bad on issues of, I will call it, gender variance. Like, sports world exists on a gender binary. It always has. You got boys over here and girls over there. And how a girl is defined in sports has always been profoundly more narrow than how a boy is defined in sports. Like if you are a man who plays sports, let me just give you an idea. And because of the good grace of God, say you're seven feet tall like Shaquille O'Neal, or you have these incredible feet and hands like Michael Phelps, which are shaped like Mm -hmm. flippers. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you, those are considered incredible genetic gifts. You're seven feet tall. You, you know, you, you, you've got flipper feet, you know, and, and you're praised for it. And, of course, these athletes are also given all the credit in the world for maximizing those gifts and not just being like Shaq, the seven-foot-tall uh, police officer, or Michael Phelps, the dude with the big hands and feet who didn't do anything with it. So they get the praise for it, but it's also understood that they have certain genetic gifts. In women's sports, let's say your body naturally, not with PEDs, but naturally produces a high level of testosterone. And this allows you to train harder, develop more muscle, be successful. You're branded a freak. They say you're not a real woman. Castor Semenya of South Africa was on suicide watch. Because they said that she was really a man because of what her body naturally produced. Duty Chan dealing with the same thing in India, uh, an athlete who's, who I've written about a great deal. And so this idea of how you deal with gender variance is very important. And black women have been the people who have suffered the most from this idea of what makes a woman in sports. Because thinking that black women be- transgress that because of strength or musculature or speed, and therefore it is said that they are not actually real women. It's something Serena has certainly dealt with a yeah. great deal. And as recently as 1956, there were members of the International Olympic Committee who proposed that black women should have their own separate events at the Olympic Games, saying that they belonged, and this is their words, in a category of the hermaphroditic. Why? Because they look different. And so this idea, and I think all of this falls under this category of what we understand as gender variance. And it also, I think, speaks to the idea that, you know, we don't exist as a gender binary, as a species. 
It's like people exist all over the spectrum, and the sports world has never been comfortable with it. Our society has certainly never been comfortable with it. And the hope is that Caitlyn Jenner will at least raise awareness about this fact. And I'll tell you, like like I said, I have no vested interest in Caitlyn Jenner and um, her life other than I hope that she finds some degree of happiness because in the reports and interviews I've read, I mean, suicide has been something that was on her mind. Bruce Jenner first started thinking about this in the 80s. So this is something he's struggled with for 30 years. And that's a pretty crappy way to live. And as I've been talking, this is my last point, is that, because I want to hear what you think, Coach. I, I, and, and you too, you too know. Like, as I've been talking about this, and I, you know, I've done some shows, wrote an article, mm-hmm. uh, I've been stunned by like the amount of sort of like anonymous hate tweets mm. I've received, anonymous hate messages I've received. And it's so interesting to me because, um, you know, I write about some controversial stuff mm-hmm. about war, about racism, mm-hmm. about all this stuff. I've never gotten anything like this. Really? And it, to me, it's connected to the whole issue of why people think transgender people are acceptable targets of violence. Because it's like, if you think somebody is less than human, why shouldn't you say whatever you want to say? You know, no cost about doing that if somebody's not really human. Say what you want about them. And that's what's dominated this whole discussion is a dehumanization. And that's why when people are like, how dare ESPN give Caitlyn Jenner this courage award? To me, the mere fact that there's a chorus of people shouting at the top of their lungs, there is no way this courage award should happen, exemplifies exactly why it takes a lot of courage to do what she's doing. Because what she's doing is facing a firing line, willingly, and giving up a lot of inborn privilege, wealthy, male, Olympian, to be this other person for no other reason that she feels like this is the only way she's going to be able to live with herself. And it's more common than people know. It's more common than people think. And uh, the hope for me is that it will save lives. Now, Hmm. Coach, I'd love your thoughts. The 42% suicide rate thing to me hangs over this story because people are like, ah, he, and people say he on purpose. He's just doing it for attention. And it's kind of like there are so many easier ways to get attention than going through this. I mean, this is not something people do as a lark. I mean, the amount of surgery you have to go through, the amount of therapy that they put you through. I mean, you are put through a lot to get to the point where Caitlyn Jenner is right now. It's nothing you do as a lark. And people are like, oh, it's the Kardashian move, what have you. It's like, look, if you're part of that Kardashian clan, obviously there are a thousand easier ways to get attention mm-hmm. than this. I am. Um, so, Coach, I, any thoughts? Yeah, I, I am. If Caitlyn makes the change and this gives her peace, I'm all for it. Um, it was, it's not uh, doing anything illegal. It's not hurting anybody else. If she finds peace with it, that's good. Um I have no issue with it, and like I said, I remember we talked about uh, Michael Sam. It's like I'm a sports. I that's that's orientation. That's a different different category. Now, as it relates to Arthur Ashe, I just I'm I'm I'll, not sure I deal with that one the way you do. Let's talk I see about that, that. An entirely different situation on that. Okay, 
No, any thoughts before I, I do my little Arthur Ashe rant? Oh, I think it's quite brave of her to like do what she's going through with all the the hate that she's getting. But well, I respect her. You know, her choice. She can do whatever she wants. Make her feel happy. Yeah, I mean, the Arthur Ashe. I thank you, Noah. The 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 Arthur Arthur Ashe part of this piece is that. This award is named after Arthur Ashe, not because mm-hmm. of the, the civil rights work or, or the work against apartheid South Africa, but precisely because that Arthur Ashe chose basically to die publicly and to show the world what AIDS looked like. And it was incredibly – at the time, it's weird. I know, I mean, this might even sound like – because people don't even die of AIDS like this in the same kind of way in the United States, particularly because of – advances in medicine, particularly if they have money and resources. Well, that's an essential part of it. But at a time where no one understood AIDS or knew what it was and it was killing people at an astronomical rate, Arthur Ashe made the decision to die publicly. And he showed the ravages of the disease to a public that maybe wasn't ready to see it. And he forced people to confront the issue with urgency and with resolve and with money and it was very brave it was very courageous Caitlyn Jenner is choosing to live publicly the Arthur Ashe chose to die publicly Caitlyn Jenner is choosing to live publicly and that it, it's, it's a courageous act in that like Arthur Ashe you are inviting ignorance at a time when I think in the years to come we'll look back and say, why was this such a big deal? You're raising a lot of questions as to, and again, we get into ESPN, which is even taking the topic to another issue. issue. But where's about Renee Richards? Yeah. Okay. I mean, I, I first of all, I know if I was there with Ash did what he did. I mean, I'm watching Wimbledon. When Wilmington against Connors was like when we watched Tiger win the Masters, mm-hmm. so um, so I'm, I'm getting into all of that, which we're running out of time, and this is, we got to continue this. But Renee Richards was the first, so I'm not sure what Jenner did is the first, and she did it in a different time, and she continued to play sports on the on the on the uh, tennis circuit. No, you're so, right about that. You know, there's a lot of questions here. Um, the Renee Richards yeah. thing is important. We might have to unpack this um, on another show because. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Renee Richards thing is very important. It's it's like the time we are in history, the ability to speak about it. In Ray Renee Richards' time, it was it was just a different era in terms of yeah, how I, we talked about this and right, why we talked about this. Right, <laughs> that's my point. Uh, much more so. You're talking about the '70s as opposed to uh, uh, you know, 2015. That was a different time when nobody knew and and had the. Um, uh, where with an understanding of what was taking place, and yet she did it, and she, like you said, she went, played on the U.S. Open. Matter of fact, went to a um, a uh, finals in the uh, mixed, not mixed, in doubles. Mm-hmm. So she, you know, she competed on the tour. Jenner is sixty five and, and and not and out of the sports uh, for forty years, right? So, um, uh, so her walk during that time of the seventies was huge, and then and then you just said something that really, you know, you said that. Uh, Ash because of his age and I'm saying whoa 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 what he walked through as a black man playing tennis was parallel to Tiger and and, and again 30 years oh, before 
No doubt. And you're telling me it was because of his age walk and not who, who he stood and what he did as a, as a black athlete? No, I'm saying why the award was not not saying that that's the sum of his courage. I'm saying that's why the, they named the award after. Is because of age and not because of his, not because about, of athletic accomplishments. About how he faced the disease. The first to win yes. Wimbledon yeah. in U.S. Open. He was number one went to U.S. Open, and he was denied to get into South Africa. Right. And his walk in a pristine... Uh, aristocratic sport of tennis mm-hmm. and all this, all these walk, and you say that his award was. So I got a problem with the award then. Okay, they, giving him the name of the award. Yeah, it was named yeah. after him because definitely because of his history, but also, I mean, very specifically, that's why they've gone out of their way to give it to folks like uh, like Jim Valvano. Yeah, he's got it. So it's like yeah. people who face these things publicly. That's mm-hmm. all I'm saying. Yeah. All right, we got to mm-hmm. go to break. We'll be back uh, <laughs> after this. Dave Zirin will continue with Edge of Sports Radio after the break. Edge of Sports Radio returns. Here's Dave Zirin. Boom, we're back here at Edge of Sports Radio. Wrap up the show. Andy's done a great job. Noah, you are terrific. Coach, as always, you were here. And, um, and, but now you. we have Ron sitting six, in. by the way. We I'm got out. him back, Mean Mark Barry. How you doing, Mean Mark? I'm good. I'm late, apparently. Stamp the show, Mean Mark. Who do you like in these NBA finals and why? I, I, I mean, I think it's the Warriors. I think this How many is, games? I think it's the Warriors. Six. I think that LeBron will be able to, through sheer force of will, be able to win a couple games that way. But this is the nail in the coffin of Charles Barkley, and the uh, jump-shooting teams can't win the finals. It's going to yeah. happen. Yeah, that's the narrative. Coach names and tell me who breakout star too, man. Who like the same thing I asked Seku? Braun in six. Tristan Thompson. You know what? Tristan Thompson is my breakout star. Actually, He's with kill it. the Warriors winning. Because oh. I think Tristan Thompson is going to be a monster. Yeah. So I think pulling like twenty points. your bet. I think it'll. No, I'm not. No, it's going to go six. Uh, it will be the Warriors. Unlike Sekou, I think they will win it all in Cleveland because that is such a God hates Cleveland moment. Where did that come from? Well, that's an expression. Is that right? Yeah, God hates Cleveland is like an expression they say in Cleveland, which gives you an idea because about of the fumble, depressing. And drive and, yeah, and, and no championships in '64. Jim, Jim Brown, Brown. Rivers that. on fire, you know, nothing. stuff. Twenty-seven nothing <laughs> over the Colts. <laughs> over the Colts. Yeah. So let me ask you this. With one minute left, Mark Barry, mm. how are you feeling about that Manziel prediction? <laughs> given that he throws water bottles at fans, four pick six, by the way. Four I feel, pick six. I feel it's still, it's still early, it's still early. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not optimistic that there's no talk of first team reps. But Manziel, I'm, I'm on board. I'm not off board. It's going to happen. I was 700 yards. Andy, you weirded out that the crying, fan Andy? caught the water bottle <laughs> and then Mac trucked over Manziel running to the end zone. <laughs> I mean, I feel like knocked it, out a tooth. It had to go that way. It had to go it that had to way. Go that way. He's you dude. will you will cry before the season's over, Dave. He didn't cry last uh, week, but he will cry soon enough, Dave. Oh, Don't worry man. about it. The worst Manziel part is cry. when the water bottle exploded on the fan. Everybody smelled tequila. <laughs> That was the part that was wow. the most Bada bing, bada boom. Wow. Well, then, and then the Rex Grossman chance came. Grossman. No. Grossman. Did that really happen? No. Oh, my God. No, I'm making I stuff up. up. You. No. See, that's the whole thing, though. And Close that's why Johnny Manziel is the Close gift that keeps on show. giving. He got you, You can't Dave. make anything up because everything is possible. Say good night, All right. Say good night, Gracie. For everybody here, I'm Dave Zyron. We are out of here. Peace. Edge of Sports Radio, where sports and politics collide. Tune in next week and go to edgeofsports.com. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you. 
With professional-grade industrial supplies, count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.